Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. I am your co-host, Philip, followed by my host, a.k.a. my brother, a.k.a. Joey Karuba. Hello there, everyone. And today, we decided to, you know, pull up a chair, sit down, you know, grab some water, you know, maybe grab a Guinness too. Good old Guinness, so I didn't have any, I didn't I didn't have any Guinness, so you know I grabbed a white claw. Oh well, I have Guinness. <laughs> so you know, you know, grab a nice little toasty beverage. And today we are going to talk about fandom. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, if we had to put a definition around fandom, fandom is a group of people that enjoy the same thing. And mm-hmm. when, when we're referring to fandom, we're referring to a community of people that enjoy things such as Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, etc., etc. The list goes on. Each Mm -hmm. pop culture and media thing has their own fandom. But today, we wanted to take a step back, and we wanted to use our brilliant mega minds, and we wanted to ponder ponder how fandom has progressed throughout these recent years and obviously our talks about fandom today are going to focus mostly on marvel and star wars as that has been the content on this podcast so far Mm -hmm. so we're going to look at the marvel and star wars fandom and we're going to look at them side by side (laughs) with big ticket uh productions that have just came out you know uh, disney plus shows uh, movies and we're going to look at how the community responded to some of these movies, how their responses in turn impacted how the fandom looked as a whole to people that might not be familiar with it, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. In, in that part, I'm going to rub my hands together and I'm going to point to the phone and I'm going to hand it off to my brother. So, Joey, go ahead, lead us into this wonderful conversation as I take a sip of my white claw and it looks like it's a iced tea peach flavor so seems like a good flavor i like me a little peach Alrighty then let's get into it so fandoms like my brother said fandoms are basically you have your whole group of fans in several different movies shows games genres you name it you could be a fan of literally anything and you could have a fandom of endless possibilities but as we know because we are a movie tv pop culture podcast uh we are going to be talking about movie fandom in particular and two of the biggest fandoms of today are currently star wars and the marvel fandoms and i don't know if it's just me because i'm on social media a decent amount but i have noticed fandoms becoming more and more toxic yeah y'all a bunch of salty poopy heads (laughs) yeah Basically, I just didn't want to say it, so I'm glad somebody said it. Damn right, I said it. You know, uh, uh, this is a big reason why I didn't want to discuss this on a podcast, because, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed from our movie reviews or just anything we talk about in general, but we are ones that we try not to judge um, these shows, movies, or whatever is put out. We just genuinely try to enjoy it the best we can, and if we don't like it, we critique it. But we're never spreading spreading any negativity towards these films because, as you know, there are are a bunch of people that work on them. And unfortunately, I feel like like we we always try to give it like a pretty unbiased opinion. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, we, yes, you know, yes, we might enjoy the movie. Yes, we might not like the movie. But we look at 
all of its qualities. We'll look at its good qualities. We'll look at its mm-hmm. bad qualities. And as you mentioned, that's been seen with our multiple reviews of Disney Plus shows and movies that have came out. You know, we never just give it all good reviews and we never just give it all bad reviews. We always give it like a middle ground approach. I mean, you know, most of the things that we've talked about have been pretty, pretty positive, but we've always found negative things about it and things that we would critique uh, throughout, you know, our watch of, of the episodes or the, uh, the movie. Exactly. And like, I, you know, mainly I get, uh, you know, almost probably everybody today gets a lot of their social media or they're probably on TikTok a lot. And that's where I see a lot of this negativity. Um, Marvel in particular, Star Wars doesn't put out as much content. So it's, it's a little harder to debate that, you know, off of what we have seen so far in Star Wars with the most recent thing being Kenobi. And unfortunately we will not be talking about Kenobi in itself right now, just because I still have to catch up on it because I've been very busy with work. I still have to catch up on Miss Marvel and Moon Knight as well, but that's besides the fact um, so we will talk about that at a later date, but for now, especially in the Marvel fandom, I'm seeing a lot of negative things and just, it seems like you cannot have a conversation anymore with someone without it being just plain and doubt negative in some aspect or another. Like if, and I you know what, movie, honestly, honestly, I'm glad you said that. Cause I can give you a pretty good example real quick. Give me that. So example. I was at work yesterday, not mm-hmm. yesterday. The other day. Anyway, I was at work the other day, right? And I'm I'm standing there doing my thing, you know, and I overhear, uh, you know, one of my coworkers on the register talk to these two customers about Thor Love and Thunder because either they just came from the movie. And I think they just came from the movie. And they pretty much just both agreed in, like, like unanimous decision that they were, like, oh, it sucked, it was the worst movie ever, it was terrible. And then, you know, I decided to chime in, and I was like, I thought it was pretty good. And then Mm -hmm. they're like, no, it sucked, it was terrible, whatever. And then, you know, the conversation just ended there, because I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to entertain this if people don't want to see the bigger picture. So, you know, I feel like in that instant, you know, like fans like that, like, you know, these two customers, you know, they just – tend to like just be like oh it sucked whatever and then just like move on like they they don't over analyze it like we do so you know they might not even sit and listen to like some points that we have to make but like as like an example of like you know the fandom getting more toxic and stuff that was like the most recent example that i had yeah i mean definitely for me you know recent examples have been thor just because that has come out as well as dr strange you know the past two marvel movies that have come out I've had people walking out of theater saying they hated it. I had people walking out of theater saying it was hilarious. And I had a lot of people walking out of theater say they loved it. Um, But again, when it comes to people giving their opinions online or in person, you just automatically have that negative clapback of, oh, no, like, it's bad. You know, like, it's wrong. And a lot of the biggest examples that will come out of my mouth in, you know, Marvel terms will be Eternals, Doctor Strange, and um, uh, Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder. Just because well, those. Are- why don't we Why don't we break it down a little bit? Okay, so break it down. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you, so you just mentioned a few movies, obviously that came out recently. So if you had to, you know, obviously we're starting with the Marvel fandom here. So if you had to pick a point, you know, in the you know recent mm-hmm. you know months, you know maybe even like a year, you know, what would you say the movie? Uh, what would you say the movie was that really showed like more of like a toxic side coming out of the fandom and like the community? Like what, what would you say the movie was that kind of brought this like 
toxic and negative side to like the Marvel community. You know, it's hard because and like I can kind of give you like my own opinion, but like this is going like like way back. Uh, well, not like way back, just like a few years. But I would personally say for the Marvel community, I think it started in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, we know the Avengers timeline is like, you know, pretty much the entirety of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's at least been like put into like TV shows or movies, right? Yeah. And obviously, this was the end of a timeline. You know, after Avengers Endgame, that was going to be it for the Avengers story. And then Marvel is going to move on to different phases and focus on different characters. So, naturally, with the coming to an end of a story, you know, whether it's a show like Game of Thrones or, you know, something else, people are going to have their own visions of how this show should end. They're going to have their own endings. They're going to have their own fantasies. And they're going to be like, oh, hey, I think the show should end like this because it would be really cool. And then, you know, as people talk about their theories and whatnot, people come up, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with coming up with your own fan theories, with your own hypothesis, but some fans take it a little too far. And -hmm. they let those theories or hypothesis kind of grow on them until it, like, pretty much clouds their judgment, like the dark side. And, like, they're pretty much like, well, if the movie doesn't turn out exactly how I pictured it, then it's the worst movie in the world. That's honestly a great example. And, like, you know, just when you said theories and stuff, what automatically came to mind was WandaVision. Just because, you know, I, I absolutely love WandaVision. And I think it was one of the funnest times for a show to come out. Just with all the theories, theories and everybody talking about it. But it created so much, um, what's the word? So much debate, so much debacle. And, you know, people wanted it to be something so bad that when it wasn't, they hated it. And they couldn't find the good qualities about it. You know, I know people are joking around being like, oh, this is what's the whole point of Agatha or just, you know, blah, blah, this and that. I don't like the whole 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, 90s, you know, early 2000s vibes each episode. And I'm like, that's really when I started when I started seeing people like getting so much into not even critiquing it, just hating on it. And for what reason? I have no idea. And I think over theorizing and wanting something to be something so bad ruined it for a lot of people. And it, it they ruined it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And and I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, like I said, that's why I chose Endgame as my starting point, because now that they were, you know, finishing with the Avengers timeline, they were moving on to new stories. You know, yes, like they were moving away from the Avengers timeline. There would be no more Avenger movies, but like characters like Captain America or Wanda or Loki or Hawkeye, like were still going to be explored in their own separate spinoffs. So people, again, like, you know, now that like, you know, their longtime Avengers timeline has ended, now they're thinking of all these theories and, uh, you know, show concepts and like, you know, ways these shows, like, play out. They're like, oh, sick, like, WandaVision. Like, it's the first Marvel TV show. All right, this is how it should play out. And then, again, like, they have that same mentality from Endgame where it's like, well, Marvel should do this, or, oh, I would love to see this. You know, now that Avengers as a whole is over, you know, now they can focus on the individual characters. So it's like, oh, I think the characters should do this, or they should focus on this. And then, like you said, you know, when you get into – a show like WandaVision. Now, I, I 
personally love the show like you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen multiple creators uh, across all platforms like have it as like one of their like most favorite shows of like all time. I mean, not mm-hmm. only was it Marvel's first um, Disney Plus show, but I feel like they just knocked it out of the park because they gave so much character development to you know Wanda, to Vision, uh, even like other supporting characters like um, like Agatha and um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting her. Oh, name. um. Yes, yes, uh, Darcy. No, not Darcy. The uh, but Darcy as well. The yes, Darcy, and then the uh, black woman that gained Monica Rambo. Yes, Monica Rambo, and she's gonna be, um, you know, possibly in the new like secret invasions, like Marvel. She's also uh, in the Marvels. Right. So you know, so that show opened up a lot of doors, and overall, it was seen very positively. But you know, as you mentioned, you know, you chose to 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 make that your starting point for where you saw the fandom getting toxic. And, you know, in part, I could agree, because like I said, you know, it was the first Marvel show that was done by Disney Plus, and obviously people had their expectations from it. You know, they wanted to see, you know, this and this of Wanda, and they wanted this character to come in and all that, and then when they get what they wanted, they pretty much cried like a bunch of babies. But you know what I enjoyed about WandaVision so much is how different it was, not only from Marvel's standpoint, but just as a show in general. Again, this was a show that decade hopped every every episode and there were a lot of elements of it that weren't the same from the last episode and i think that's fascinating like i think what the marvel community needs as well as other of these communities is you need diversity in aspects of all kinds you can't just have the same formula over and over and over and over and over again again you see this in a lot of the first movies for heroes being introduced or anybody being introduced in an MCU and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't for example of course in Iron Man you have him come up against basically Iron Man in Hulk you have him come up against basically Hulk in Captain America you have him come up against a super soldier and the list goes on and on and on about that Marvel formula Mm -hmm. and I believe this was Disney's first time going into changing that Marvel formula and seeing how it did and at first, it seemed to perceive very well. But then as time went on and, you know, time now, I had there was creators talking about how they absolutely love this show. And now they're saying it's that it's the bottom tier list, you know, so I get opinions change over time. But to see a switch up in this fandom is just very strange to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think we could both agree that really we saw more of a switch up of the Marvel community and the fandom when Phase 4 began, basically. A hundred percent. Phase 4 has, you know, definitely been an interesting phase. And personally, I have no problem with it. But um, well, it- now that now that we kind of like established, like, you know, where we like both think like, you know, the Marvel community started to, you know, I guess, turn. What would you say is the most, I guess, impactful show or movie that like had the most criticism like basically what what show or movie did the marvel community have the most impact on because of their criticism like their toxic criticism you know like out um, of like out of like all the phase four projects i mean obviously there could be multiple but which one of them really stands out to you like as like the most um you know targeted you know uh show or, or movie I'm going to be honest, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably the most targeted show-wise of dividing the Marvel fandom, or just... Whoa, one of my cabinets just opened by itself. Um, excuse me. Um, <laughs> just slowly went. Uh, 
Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, in my mind, is probably one that is talked about um, negatively and just debated upon, at least in my experiences on, you know, both TikTok, eh, TikTok and, um, you know, in person as well. Um, okay, now it's closing. Okay, weird. Um, and movie-wise, I mean, I would say Black Widow, but I really don't want to say Black Widow. I want to say Eternals more just because I feel like that's in my mind right now of like a lot of things I could say. So I'd probably say Falcon and Winter Soldier and Eternals. I, I, the thing is that like, again, like the community has been like so toxic and like just hateful, like on all these projects that it's really hard to like pick one, that like stood out, like above all the others. Because like, I mean, there were like negative comments about like pretty much all of them, you know? So, I mean, especially with the movies, you know, it seems like the movies took more of a hit than like the, series did but if i if i to if i had to give like what i believe um you know which movie was affected the most i would probably i would probably say the eternals as well if i had to make like a a logical and practical decision i would probably say the eternals because the eternals was like um one of like the key movies of like phase four because it was not that it was I guess you could say it was branching off like you know I mean obviously most of the phase four projects have been have been you know related to like Avenger characters mm-hmm. and Eternals was the first movie like out of phase four and I, I think to be honest the only project that actually didn't have any Avenger-based characters in it. It had an entirely new cast, and it was going in an entirely new direction, bringing in, like, a whole new... con. Well, not a new concept, obviously. They're from, like, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Comics. But bringing this whole new concept from the MCU comics to light. And, you know, obviously that was the Eternals themselves. You know, the Celestials, the Deviants, you know, etc., and, you know, that was one of Phase 4's, like, pretty rare projects where they they that first leap and they were trying to separate themselves from, like, you know, the Avengers timeline. And a lot of people, you know, were just completely bashing it. Like, again, like, the other day at work, like, this guy was, I don't know if he was buying an Eternals pop or somehow Eternals came up and he was like, oh, my God, it was a terrible movie. He's like, it's not even worth the watch and everything. And again, like I turned to him and I was like, well, I think it was pretty good. And he was like, no, it was terrible. Like, it wasn't even like a superhero movie. Like, and it was, just one, I... it was just one of those conversations where it's like they just stick to the same. And that's another thing. Everybody that has like some sort of toxic or hateful comment about these movies or shows, they always stick to the same thing. They never have their own opinions. It's always the same opinion throughout everybody. Exactly. And like, I don't like the arguments about it being a superhero movie or it having to be this. Again, I, it might. I will defend Eternals till the day I die. Well, I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, the Eternals is not supposed to be a superhero movie. Exactly. They're not. They're not. They're not superheroes. Like they're not Earth's mightiest heroes. They're not superheroes. They're Eternals. Like they're their own thing. Why they didn't intervene in all these other conflicts? Like if people would just listen to the story and give it a chance. And again, people's criticisms and other stuff they say doesn't make sense to me. Like. For example, people complain about movies being too long. But then when you get a short movie, you also complain as well. And then I think... So, like, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. And I think if I had to say a show, 
Um, I would probably, I would probably say Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. Um, I mean, you know, I would need like a refresher course, like you know, just on like exactly what happened. I mean, like I do remember like what happened in the show, but I would just need to like refresh myself on it. But probably the biggest concern, like within the community, like or like I guess like I, I won't. All right, we should probably like stop labeling the whole community as toxic and just like kind of like focus on like the toxic part of the community. Mm-hmm. But the I feel like the toxic part of the community focused on the idea of Captain America. Like oh, they yeah. they didn't want anybody else being Captain America besides Steve Rogers. And it just doesn't make sense to me because th- this this is also based in the comics. Sam Wilson does become Captain America. And no, he's not Falcon Captain America. He is Captain America. Mm-hmm. And you see throughout the show what journey he goes through in order to wield the shield. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will never understand. First of all, I think he looks dope and I think he's a great choice for Captain America. And I'm excited for his movie. But again, immediately after he becomes Captain America, everybody's like, Bucky should have gotten it. Or they're like, when's, when's Steve Rogers coming back? Is he going to make an appearance? And I'm like, his story's gone. Yeah, you I know, mean, we, you we know, spent honestly, a decade with these characters. And unfortunately, you got to see him go. It's like Indiana Jones or, you know, the original, uh, you know, Skywalker franchise. I don't want to see these characters go, but you got to at some point, you know? And yeah. you got to let you gotta let your mind be open to new things. Yeah, I, I agree. And I was just about to say, look. Obviously, like, you know, we have our own opinions about the movies and the shows. When I first watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, at first I might have been like, well, I know, like, you know, it's comic book accurate that Sam Wilson, like, becomes Captain America. But, like, looking at it from, like, a fan point, I was personally, like, more on the side of, like, well, I feel like maybe Bucky deserved it. But then, like, again, like, as the show progressed, like, you know, obviously Bucky didn't want it. You know, he was going through his own trauma, trying to fight his own demons. Yeah. And, like, you know, Sam Wilson really stepped up to the plate and, like, proved that he could be Captain America. And, like, even though he became Captain America, I didn't have a problem with it. I was just saying, like, my own personal theory is that, like, it would have made more sense before I watched. And, again, like, this shows how, like, opinions can change, like, before you watch something and after you watch something. Because before I watched it, I was like, oh, well, it would make sense for Bucky to get it because, like, he's Cap's oldest friend. And, like, he's, like, a super soldier. And, like, it would just kind of make sense. But again, like after watching the show, it's like, well, you know what? It makes a lot more sense now why, you know, Sam, why Captain America. And again, to all you toxic Marvel people out there, Steve Rogers chose Sam at the end of Endgame exactly. to be Captain America. Okay. <laughs> so, like, the fact that, like, you know, for all you, again, I love Captain America. Like, he's one of my favorite, like, out of the MCU universe. But again, at the end of Endgame, he chose Sam. So, you know, you, you can't really complain about who Captain America is because your Captain America chose <laughs> chose Sam. Exactly. Wilson. So if you have a be mad at, be mad at him. And it's also the whole maturity of the Marvel fandom. Like, we won't get too into things, you know, with these shows or movies. But as we know, Falcon and Winter Soldier definitely shows real life things that happen. And people get uncomfortable with that. And yeah. I'm, you know what? It obviously, obviously, you know, character. Obviously, Fa- obviously, Falcon the Winter Soldier, you know, did focus a lot on racism and just race in general because you know we did see another African American super soldier that was pr- pretty much completely forgotten about. Yeah, Isaiah Bradley. And I'm like, you know, the, I, so I, you know, I like- not only did not only did we hear his story, but you know, we did have that one scene of like Sam Wilson and Bucky, like you know, in like the suburban neighborhood, and like you know. 
Sam Wilson getting arrested by the cops, you know, because they didn't recognize who he was, you know, because they just thought he was like another black man. So, you know, they, yeah. just, they didn't even recognize that he was the Falcon. And then again, like just the fact that like, you know, a black man became Captain America, like, you know, towards the end of the show, like Sam Wilson, like he puts on like a brilliant performance, like in the, in the last episode. And he mm-hmm. gives like a really like really nice like speech he like, gives from the, the heart captain america speech like exactly 100%. like he, he, he like that speech like basically solidifies him as captain america because like that was a captain america speech because you, you you know why i think i love that so much is because he knows like you know when he put on the shield and he put on his costume well armor or whatever you will call it i guess um he'd be like he's fighting for people that hate him you know and to do that for people that despise you is incredible and, you know, I understand people may be uncomfortable with things and they don't want to see it. And they're like, oh, these are comics. But I'm like, you know what? It's cool that comics can be a part of the real world. And I think it brings a lot to the characters, you know? No, I, 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 totally, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And, like, I think a thing that we also need to realize is that sometimes, like, you know, these actors or actresses, you know, even directors – they see and they hear like what the, you know, community, you know, posts or thinks. So like, you know, these actors and actresses themselves, you know, they could see the toxic and the hateful messages and, you know, the reviews and like, it's not just, you know, it's not like they're, they're kept from it. You know I mean? Again, it's all over social media. So, I mean, they, they could see it on their screens just like we can. Yeah. People say it to their face, people mail them. I mean, you know, again, like if we branch off into Star Wars before, I, I haven't even seen Kenobi yet, but the um, actress that plays, um, I forgot what, what you know. Uh, Reva, I believe yeah, her name. Yeah, Reva, Reva. She got death threats before the show even aired. And I'm like, why? What, it, just, just, again, why? Like, are you, again, you're part of this fandom because you enjoy these things. Mm-hmm. It's valid to have criticisms, but there mm-hmm. is a difference between criticisms and sending death threats or just cursing somebody out or being harsh about this. You could be like, okay, like I don't like, maybe I didn't like their portrayal, but there's a difference between seeing somebody's portrayal and not liking somebody just because of how they look. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what color, what race, or whatever. You come on, guys. Like, regardless of what fandom you win, but I, I know it's not just the Star Wars fandom, but the Star Wars fandom is very toxic, and the Marvel fandom is getting very close to that toxicity of the Star Wars fandom, and it's it's upsetting. You know, a lot yeah. of people are complaining about Phase Four with um um female heroes or just female characters in general. And well, I mean, that was that was going to be like you know my you know, my, my next point that we were going to cover, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we'll get to, you know, the Star Wars fandom, like, you know, a little bit later in the episode, because, you know, they're, you know, the Star Wars community has been somewhat quiet. And I mean, only, only now are they getting a little vocal, like, you know, with like the book of Boba Fett and, you know, the Kenobi series coming out, you know, now that they're getting a little vocal, but, you know, obviously, you know, and again, like, you know, as we're doing this podcast, you know, you have your own opinions on like what movie or show has been targeted the most. I have my own opinion on what movie and show was targeted the most. Did they happen to be the same movie? Yeah, of course. But like our minds are pretty much alike. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? and like, But again, yeah. like if, if you had something different from me, I wasn't going to be like, oh, my God, you bastard. How could you like? No, like, I mean, that's that's your own opinion. And like, you know, that's something that I want to move on to 
you know, now, like, you know, as, as we progress to like, you know, the most recent projects that came out, um, you know, and if we're looking at like the last few months, you know, we've had the Moon Knight TV show. I mean, I know you haven't seen that, so we won't really talk about it. But, you know, we have the Moon Knight TV series that came out. We have the Miss Marvel's TV series that came out. Again, you haven't seen that, so we won't talk about that. Uh, and then we had, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, we had uh, Black Widow, you know, and obviously the most two most recent movies we had, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And we had Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah Thor Love and Thunder. For some reason, I thought the name was longer, so <laughs> I, like, I like paused. But, yeah, we had Thor Love and Thunder. I and, do... I do want to say one thing before you go on, just because it's fresh in my mind. And yeah, I, go ahead. We, can, we can come back to it later. But another thing that was, you know, bugging me about something, you know, criticisms with the book of Boba Fett is from the actor of Tamara Morrison, the guy that portrays, you know, Django Fett and Boba Fett, mm-hmm. is people were judging, one, like how in shape he was and, you know, how there wasn't a lot of action scenes or something to an extent. And I was like, the man is 60, you know? And again, he's portraying an older bounty hunter. So I'm like, you know, you're giving complaints about something the actor can't control. And actors make these roles, you know? So like that, that you know, criticism like that, I really don't understand because like you, you should, you know, if you have basic understanding of how anything works in the world, you shouldn't criticize something like that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I definitely agree. And like you said, we're, we're going to definitely come back to that point and, uh, you know, discuss more like, you know, the Star Wars fandom in, in a bit. But, uh, you know, I think for like, you know, pretty much like the, I guess, you know, like, like you know, the, the last half, you know, of us discussing the Marvel community, uh, really, I just kind of want to talk about the, I mean, again, you know, we can't talk about the TV series because you haven't seen it, but, you know, obviously you've been busy. So, you know, that makes sense. But, um <laughs> But, you know, we could talk about how the last two movies that just came out, like Thor, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, you know, did get their own, you know, decent level of hate and toxicity, like, you know, throughout the community. And I mean, like, again, like I didn't work these movies, you know, so I don't know how it was seeing it firsthand. But I mean, you know, obviously, if you have any input on these two movies, if you want to discuss, like, you know, how the toxic side of the community like reach these two movies and impacted them that i mean you know by all means the floor is yours you know go go ahead okay well offhand i will say definitely i don't believe dr strange is as um divided on the movie as a whole um compared to thor but a big thing with dr strange that people are very upset with is um so, some of the ways certain things look such as cgi and you know vfx but, you know, that's a, a whole thing in Marvel now in these days because of, you know, how the artists are treated and, you know, how things have to be rushed, unfortunately. But also, you know, expectations and stuff, especially with the cameos, you know, like spoiler alerts for, you know, both these movies, Doctor Strange and Thor, if you haven't seen it yet. But in Doctor Strange, we do see the Illuminati and, you know, we do see uh, Black Bolt, which is a really cool character to see. We see Captain Carter as well, which, again, is cool to see Haley Atwell in that role. We see um, uh, this version of Captain Marvel, which was pretty cool to see. We see Mordo. We see Professor X, which was dope. And we see John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic, which was amazing. And people were, were upset that there weren't more. And there was rumors to be more. But again, this ruined the movie for them. And Wait, I'm sorry. Did you did you mention uh, Black Bolt? 
I did mention Black Bolt. Okay, sorry. I, I didn't know if you listened to him or not. Okay. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, I also wanted to mention, like, like he, how you said, like, there was, like, supposed to be, like, more. Um, I actually did watch, like, a Easter egg video the other day. And there's actually a – actually a um, – empty chair so there there actually could have been uh, uh there could have been another member but they just weren't present maybe mm, interesting but, but go ahead you, you can continue what you're saying um but yes everybody went into this movie you know thinking they were going to see a lot of different people for example magneto was rumored deadpool was rumored um you know sam raimi sam raimi spider-man uh toby mcguire uh was rumored to appear as spider-man again because of like some other things but uh, and then when people didn't see that, they were like, oh, because like again, it's called multiverse of madness. But this movie isn't made for cameos; it's made for another purpose. You know, you you forget it's a Doctor Strange movie. As cool as as cool as it is to see, you know, other actors and you know other characters brought into this universe. Sometimes it's a problem because it's too much at once. You know, like you you complain when Eternals has 10 characters and I think they do that movie fairly well with spreading out all the characters but you can't introduce you know characters from different universes that own properties as well you know it'd be hard to introduce Magneto even though I know the X-Men are owned now but again if they introduce Magneto and he's not Michael Fassbender or Ian McKellen you know what are people going to think so I definitely saw, you know, disappointment with that. And some people just thought it was mid, which I don't like when people call things mid because like, you know, if it's a, if according to you, if it's like that, then it's a, then it's a decent movie to say it's a decent movie. Like things aren't mid because you don't like them. Maybe you just have some critiques about it, which is fine. But again, like I said, some people perceived it as, you know, really funny and they enjoyed it. And some people thought it was just terrible. And, you know, I've heard some people complain about why it's terrible. And, you know, my initial reaction to it was it was good. You know, I, I really do want to go back and rewatch it again. But, um, you know, I've, I, and I've talked to some guests about it, you know, why they thought it was terrible. And, again, everybody that thinks it's terrible is just for the same reason. And they don't actually ever have any valid criticisms about it, unfortunately. So it's definitely been, you know, an experience. And I, I do think um, – you know, especially how this stuff spreads online is going to affect these movies greatly because I don't even think Thor will break. I don't think it'll pass more than 650 mil, which broke, I think, 800 and something mil. But mm-hmm. um, for, you know, Marvel movie, the you know, right now I think it's got 400 and something. But for a Marvel movie to make less than like 600 million is... um you know, pretty bad, like in the sense of like Marvel actually making these movies. And unfortunately, it might stop them to make these movies. And, you know, a big reason of this is because sometimes these movies go against the quote unquote Marvel formula. And the best examples are Eternals, Doctor Strange and Love and Thunder, because these movies are directed by phenomenal directors that it's more their movie. Of course, Marvel has something to do with it. But Doctor Strange is a Sam Raimi film. Mm-hmm. Love and Thunder is a Taika Waititi film. Eternals is a Chloe Zhao film. You know, these are all films directed by these directors, and Marvel trusts these directors, and so should you guys. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to stick to the same Marvel formula because it gets boring. I think Shang-Chi still did that a little bit, but it did something different, and people loved it, and I love it, and I think it's the best solo MCU film of an origin story we have to date. You know, so it shows that I guess people can like different things, but I don't think people like diversity and difference 
in Marvel or these fandoms for some reason. They just don't want to see change. And I understand change is annoying, but with something as big as Marvel and for as long as it has been around, there's going to be new times. Actors get old. You know, you have an endless amount of comic book characters you could bring into this universe that are far more powerful and could be even more fan favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, before Avengers, Iron Man was not this big. Hawkeye and Black Widow were not this big. The biggest one in Avengers was Hulk. Hulk, Wolverine, and Spider-Man were the biggest Marvel heroes before the MCU happened. You know, and the MCU brought into characters that are loved now, such as Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a James Gunn film that people love. You know, so I don't understand it because, again, I thought people, uh, you know, going off with that, I thought people liked Guardians of the Galaxy too, but some people say it's like one of the worst movies, which I just don't understand either. But getting off topic a little bit, uh, yeah, I definitely do think, you know, when Marvel gives these directors more freedom, it creates a problem between people. Because I don't think they can understand that these films are directed by directors that have their own spin on things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could totally agree. I mean, I, I think it stems all the way back to just the fact that people are just so used to the Avengers MCU timeline. And they kind of have, like, some sort of expectance on, like, you know, what the movie, like, you know, that, that the movie's going to, like, connect to another movie. And then that movie will connect to another movie. And then, like, you know, all the movies kind of have, like, the same, like, you know uh you know sequences and and plots you know and uh i think people are still clinging to that so like you said when like you know these directors like make it their movie like even though it's a marvel movie they give it their own spin like people are like why aren't you following like the status quo like why aren't you making it like a regular marvel movie and it's like well because these directors don't have to you know i mean again like the whole point is like to move away from the avengers timeline and there's nothing wrong with sticking to the characters from the Avengers. Like, yes, Thor is an Avenger. Like, Doctor Strange is an Avenger. But again, you know, that doesn't mean that you need to continue with the same, like, you know, Avengers-like movie with these characters. Like, now that you're doing movies on these characters alone, you could do whatever you want with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, you know, I mean, I really haven't seen too much criticism with Doctor Strange and, uh, you know, I mean, you, you brought up a great point with the Illuminati. I mean, I, I surely wasn't expecting that. But, you know, I mean, it was really cool to see, um, you know, but it I really what, you know, the most the most, you know, toxicity and hate that has came to light uh, has been more recently. And that's definitely been with Thor Love and Thunder. And this is like the I would say like the peak of like the toxic community like at work like i feel like you know it's been kind of steady you know throughout phase four and then with this movie it just shot up yeah like i really you know i'm i'm so appalled by it like especially with um what's it called especially with you know people having you know for example on tiktok you have so you know so many of these big creators such as you know soups and straw hat goofy that talk about these movies a lot. And I love the way Straw Hat Goofy talks about these things because, again, like, even if the movie isn't good, he always says good qualities about it and he enjoys them. But, you know, Shoops, on the other hand, I believe is talking about the movies in a wrong way. And again, everything's in your opinion and he's free to like what he likes and he's free to dislike what he dislikes. But 
I think the way, you know, he goes about things is the way a lot of other fans go about things. And then they end up disappointed with the product they're given, you know, and I don't like the Marvel formula. I think in a lot of aspects, the Marvel formula is boring. I have to go back and watch a lot of, you know, phase one movies and stuff, but everybody loves Iron Man. And personally, I don't like the first Iron Man. I think it's a little boring, you know, but people love it for some reason, but then they find other movies boring for other reasons as well. But again, I have my criticisms. I I think it's a good movie, but it's not my favorite. And again, that's another thing when it comes to um, these new movies coming out in, you know, something as big as Star Wars or the MCU is people automatically think, is this going to be a top film? Why does it have to be a top movie? Why can't it, it just be a good film? We don't need to rank all these films. It's fun to rank them. You know, because you like to see people's different opinions. But as soon as another film comes out, they're like, okay, um, well, you know, this uh, uh, Ragnarok is better. Um, you know, the first uh, Thor to Dark, Dark World is actually good now. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, so people just automatically go into these rankings and, you know, different things. And I, I just, I, I think it's too much. You know, I think people need to take a step back, go in, enjoy the film. And then as time goes on, have discussions about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, if you had to, like, you know, really pick out some points, you know, from Thor Love and Thunder and just what people have been really complaining complaining and hating on the most, I mean, what have, what have been the things that you've heard from, like, you know, fans that just absolutely can't stand the movie? Um, so I heard uh, people have problems with Korg uh, and how uh, he's uh... – uh, he's not even gay. His spe—he's literally an alien species of rock that, like, has kids like o- over a fight. Like I, again, I hear I hear complaints about that, and I'm like, who cares? I'm I'm like, what is the big deal? Um, I hear complaints about you know how funny it is and that it takes away from serious tones, and maybe it's a little you know too funny at certain times, but I believe it still does a good balance of that. The most like the most heard comment on, on my behalf that I've I've uh, excuse me listened to has been people just have a problem with it because they see it as a rom com you know they see it as a romance comedy and nothing more you know and and that's their biggest that's their biggest issue with it but but again the thing is I feel like Taika Waititi's came out this is like a romance comedy adventure. It's called Love and Thunder. Like Who he said? literally outlined <laughs> what the movie was. So like, but again, we... I mean, we're we're gonna do our own review on Thor: Love and Thunder. So we'll talk about like all the serious points that this movie hit, and like you know the the representation that obviously has been added to it. Because I mean, there's been a lot added to it for the uh, you know LGBTQ plus community. Uh, you know, as you said, with um, you know with Korg and with Valkyrie. So you know, this movie does have some very serious parts in it. Is it overall a romance comedy and adventure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Thor: Love and Thunder. It's literally in the name, but, but that's it's what not Thor just is it's not just movie, pure right? it's not just pure love and comedy. There are a lot of serious parts sprinkled throughout the movie that help progress the story at a pretty good pace, and like it keeps you entertained throughout the whole movie. But again, we're gonna do a whole review on Thor: Love and Th- uh, Love and Thunder. So I mean, we'll keep those opinions. Um, you know, for that episode, 
But I mean, I mean, would would you agree that that basically? I mean, if you had to kind of like summarize this, uh, what you believe the state of the Marvel community is now, and like how you predict it going forward, uh, before we move into Star Wars, how would you how would you describe the community, and like where do you think it's going to go forward with future projects? I think, I think what's going to happen is fans are going to want more, and it's going to cause Marvel to not be as, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but for example, like CGI and VFX are definitely getting not worse, but um, you know, they're, they're being rushed. Marvel is focusing on quantity over quality. Now they're getting a little lazy is what you're trying to say. I'm not saying Marvel's getting lazy, but I think fans are asking for too much. Mm-hmm. I think fans need to be okay with having one or one to three projects, two to three projects a year. But mm-hmm. we we've had how many movies? How many shows? I mean, you know, of course, like there's been you know over a couple of years, but again, it used to be two to three movies a year, and now it's five to six, and it it's creating too much, you know. As much as people want stories to go fast and see more of these characters, and I know it's a money grab and stuff in certain aspects, mm-hmm. I think it's a worse thing for the fans. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I think I, things I think become too is... rushed, and people want to complain about them more and more. I, I think at the end of the line, like like you mentioned, you know, in this digital age, you know, social media, TikTok, <laughs> people's attention spans are getting shorter. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, that, that's just a fact. So, People, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Marvel is just worried about quantity over quality because the fans are just like, oh, give me more, give me more, give me more. And, you know, again, you notice how people have critiques of these movies and shows, but they're always very short and brief. They're never like deeply thought out and like they don't actually make any valid points. That's Mm -hmm. because, again, the attention spans are so short that they (laughs) <laughs> they, they don't really put much thought into what they're saying you know and again you know before we move on to star wars i just want to clarify like the whole marvel community itself is not toxic okay i mean you are you are totally in your right mind to watch a movie like dr strange or thor love and thunder and say you did not like it i mean literally my friend my assistant manager at work did not like the movie but I'm not going to call her a toxic fan because she <laughs> didn't like the movie. Yeah, like, you don't have to like movies. There are Star Wars movies I don't like, but I'm not being toxic about it, you know? Exactly. There's a way you know, to go about things. It's just that, like, you know, fans that are toxic and just give negative reviews and just bash the actors and the actresses and the producers and the directors, like, you know, those are the are the fans give the community a bad name and those are the ones that we're referring to when we you know talk about this and discuss this you know there's nothing wrong with having your own opinion you know because as you know my brother just mentioned you know there are some movies that we do not like as star wars fans but just because we do not like them it doesn't mean that we're not going to watch them and there weren't good qualities to them you know because there were you know it's just that if we had to give it its own opinion you know we disliked it but people might like it and again, like at the end of the day, that's the beauty of a fandom because, you know, you can create your own theories, you can hypothesize, you can talk to people about it and at the end, have your own beliefs. So like whether you enjoyed it, whether you hated it, that is entirely up to you and nobody's going to persuade you otherwise. 
You know what I think we should do just because we only have like 13 minutes left. Mm-hmm. I think we should just continue to talk about Marvel and then we could do a whole thing on Star Wars because I, we could definitely talk about this for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like, again, like if we're talking about like, you know, like most like present day, like, you know, toxicity and, and hate, you know, it definitely stems from Thor Love and Thunder. And I mean, I know we just discussed a little bit about it. You know what? I mean? Sorry to cut you off, but you know what's something that, again, I haven't even watched the show yet, but I have a feeling I'm going to like it. Yeah, go ahead. Something that I do have a problem with that I don't understand people's points about mm-hmm. is the criticism behind Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, me, I, I've, I've watched it in its entirety. How'd you like it? Honestly, it was not a bad show. Okay, like, you know, I'll put it at that. Was it a good show? Yes. All right. The way I scale stuff is that it was I, I do a scale of awful, very bad, <laughs> bad, OK, good, very good and excellent. OK. And I would put this show at. Good. And the only reason why I put it, I, I was I was thinking for a second that I was going to put it at very good. But the only reason why I put this as a good show is because for me it felt like it took them like half of the season just to get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that might be some other fans like complaints about it. I mean, again, looking at it negatively, I mean, I won't give too much away, but looking at it negatively, um, I think, you know, they could have gone, they could have, they could have structured the episodes a little bit better. So like it was a more fluid, flow of like getting to the point you know like not just kind of like going through the first three episodes like setting everything up and then like just having the last like three episodes be like amazing because like the last three episodes were really good but it seemed like they needed like three episodes to kind of like build the story and get to the point and then like you know the last three episodes were amazing but you know i feel like if each episode is about it is like about an hour you probably could have maybe develop the story in about maybe like two episodes and Mm -hmm. then like you know then you could have focused on like the rest of the show being as amazing as the last three episodes were i mean miss marvel as a character you know phenomenal actress it's really cool to see like a muslim american uh superhero and you know they they really do focus on the you know muslim american family and like you know their cultural values you know versus like the modern world i mean that that's obviously like a huge point throughout the show i mean she's pakistani right she is pakistani yeah it, it's basically like i mean throughout like the first like i think like two episodes it's literally like kamala and like her own beliefs and like the things that she likes you know like pop culture wise versus like the traditional you know mm-hmm. uh structured you know uh family that she was brought it up in See, I, uh, I love that like because again i like... mean and again that was one of the you know the the positives i mean you know obviously um, you know, all the, the actors and actresses were, you know, phenomenal. Um, you know, there were a lot of interesting story points. Um, you know, again, there, there's, it, it's hard to talk about it and not give so much away. I mean, I know, uh, besides like maybe some people thinking that they took too long to get to the point, um, some people might also not like how they're kind of throwing inhumans, um, under the bus because I think. Kamala Khan was supposed to be I think Kamala Khan was supposed to be seen as like 
Well, I mean, because I know they like, changed up the story and powers from what I assume a little bit. But something I do want to say, yeah, about basically, before basically. even watching the show, is I do like I I think that is that is so cool that Marvel is one introducing a younger character because th- there's new generations of fans, and even now, it's it, it's cool to see this different stuff. And again, I'm I'm into history and I'm into culture and I'm into people, and seeing a show where you can literally have a whole group of people, you know, relate to a character like this is amazing. And I, you, like, know, you know, I'm I, so glad they do that. And I saw a scene, you know, I, I, haven't I was, was going to say, yet. like, it's not really a spoiler, but I mean, you know, one scene they do have during the show, like if you're talking about like a, a historical standpoint, is that they cover the events of um, India's road to independence and, like, when the nations of, like, India and Pakistan were first formed. And, I mean, they literally focus a whole episode on, like, the Muslim population, you know, trying to get out of India and, um, you know, uh, escape persecution and, like, get on these, like, trains. And, like, there's hundreds of people at these train stations, like, just trying to flee the country. So, like, they do throw in that historical impact just to kind of give you an idea of, like, what Kamal's family went through, you know, much earlier in, like, the generations. Yeah, and, like, one thing I will say I also like about the show, and I feel, I, you know, from what I saw, like, because I didn't watch it yet, but I saw a clip of, because it reminded me of, you know, Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man. Is it, it looked like there was a scene where cops wanted to arrest Kamala or something, and, um, you know, the, the, the other people got in front of her, you know, and basically formed a shield. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? That was the... The very last episode, I believe. But I mean, you know, again, that's one of the maybe not negative, but maybe like a controversial thing about the show. I mean, obviously, you know, they had like, you know, government officials or police. I know, but I love showing that version of a hero because it shows you have the people behind you. It, it, shows it reminded what they me, it reminded people. me a lot of like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like, you know, looking at like, you know, obviously like Sam Wilson and like Kamala Khan by, you know, side by side. And looking at their like ethnicities and like what the ethnicities like historically like had to go through in this country, so like I mean there were like a lot of similarities between the two like in in that sense. I mean obviously when you watch the show you'll see that like you know obviously because Kamala Khan's Muslim and you know she goes to a mosque like obviously there's like a certain stereotype you know I guess about these people from like government agencies or or police you know as we know but um, you know but but in general you know I mean just the just the and my my ranting and, and rambling, um, you know. Overall, it was a good show. Um, you know, there, uh, you know, obviously were some things that I would critique or you know I would say were maybe like a little negative. But you know, again, there are also things that were like really positive, and you know, I look forward to seeing in future seasons. So, you know, well, in the last five minutes here, you know, what we're trying to get through in this episode and, you know, it turned into a Marvel fandom episode just because that is, you know, you could yeah. talk a lot about yeah. it. <laughs> basically just, basically just sum up what we're trying to say. So people just don't think that we've been like rambling for like an hour. No, you know what? Because again, like we're not rambling. Like we are talking about like points and stuff. And again, like sometimes you need to have a conversation like this. And I think exactly the conversation we're having. And again, after I watch Miss Marvel, I can't wait to talk about it because we could give our, both of our different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, especially in the Marvel fandom, is 
people need to be open to change and people need to understand that there are different stories that are going to be told in both these movies and shows. And whether you like it or not, whatever direction Marvel chooses to go in is going to be that direction. Same with these other fandoms. You can, you know, fans can only control so much and you can't completely change the direction. And as we know, Marvel plans out it for a while. So the mm-hmm. way it looks, you could be getting a lot of younger heroes and people may not like that, but I think that's really cool. Again, like, yeah. say I ever became a teacher and I teach younger kids. If they come to me and they, they're like, oh my God, I just came from, you know, the Young Avengers movie or did you see, you know, like, you know, like, uh, again, like, did, did you ever see that show, Miss Marvel? That, you know, th- that that's cool. And like, I, 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 you know, that's a big part of movies and shows that sometimes people forget about is people look up to it. People look mm-hmm. forward to going out to see people like them on the screen or see these things talked about. And sometimes it's a good way to spread, spread issues that are going on. Yeah. You know, no, again, I mean... like racism in America, that Falcon and Winter Soldier was a great way to show that. Mm-hmm. And people didn't like it, but unfortunately it happens. You know, yeah. again, no, I mean, I... like, people are like, oh, that's boring. But again, that, that that's people's lives i'm sure it is yeah no i mean i i completely agree i mean i, I think before we wrap it up i mean we could generally say that phase four i mean if anything we could literally just do an episode on like phase four and like the bigger meaning behind it but i mean i think we've talked about this off camera before but you know phase four a lot of the projects you know are a little darker or if anything more realistic and you can kind of like relate each project to like you know maybe like a certain like uh disorder or, you know, a certain thing that's going on, you know, um, you know, politically wise. And, yeah. um, you know, they definitely took like a more natural kind of like, you know, present day approach, um, you know, to their projects. And, uh, you know, bottom line, again, what we're just trying to say here is that, you know, even communities as big and as long as the Marvel community is, you know, prone to toxicity and, you know, certain fans, you know, just, basically making the whole fandom as a whole look like a villain pretty much and uh you know unfortunately that's been seen a lot throughout phase four and if anything in my opinion it just continues to grow um i mean you know with the recent success of miss marvel i mean maybe with the disney plus shows it's kind of calmed down but you know definitely with the movies we just continue to see this rise of hate and toxicity and honestly it looks kind of you know, I wouldn't say scary, but it looks kind of uneasy for what the future of Marvel is going to hold, you know, especially with like, you know, the end of phase four and then like, you know, the beginnings of phase five. But, um, you know, obviously that'll be a topic for another day. So once again, with only like, you know, two minutes or so left, uh, we just want to thank you guys for coming out again to another episode of Tucson's podcast where we talk about the Marvel community and fandom in general and how toxic they're getting. And it's just totally <laughs> not cool, dude. Not cool, not cool, guys. Not cool. Not cool. All not right. Cool. All right. And, uh, you know, we're going to be back, um, you know, with a episode on the Star Wars fandom with our same theories and whatnot and whatever. Um, Please be on the lookout for more content as we are going to have a bunch of content coming out with new movies and stuff that just came out. Um, Joey, I want you to plug us real quick. I want you to say your piece and then we are going to wrap up the end of this episode. Alrighty, Rue. Well, as you guys know, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Two Sons Podcast. That is Sons with an O, not a U, because we are two brothers. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you come back for another episode or two. If this is your, if you just tuned in again to listen, thank you for coming back, and we're happy to see you on this journey with us. And again, guys, to take back from this episode, go into the movie, 
explore it for yourself, research it. You could get different opinions, but just have a conversation about it. Don't argue. Don't fight. Don't be toxic. Just get out there and have a good time the best you can. All right, guys. Well, with that, Philip, any final words? All I have to say is may the force be with you. May the force be with you guys. Have a great night. Good morning, whatever time you listen to this. And goodbye.